Hello? G'day. Uh, who am I speaking to? This is Paige. G'day, Paige. Um, my name's Sam, and I'm here with my twin brother, Josh, and we were just talking about our um, biggest fears growing up as kids, and we were just wondering if we could call a random number and ask them what their biggest fear was as kids. Okay, mine was dogs. I was scared of dogs when I was younger. Was there an incident that sort of made you have this fear? Yes, actually. My swimming teacher had a ginormous dog and I had to pass it every week to get to the pool. And looking back, it probably wasn't that big, but at the time, three times the size of me. Big dogs, <laughs> small dogs, all sorts of dogs you were scared of. Yeah, petrified. Once my... My friend's three-legged dog ran at me and I jumped in the pool in the middle of winter. So I was so petrified. <laughs> and how, have you overcome this fear and how did you do it? I have overcome it over time, one dog at a time, you know, one, one good dog at a time. Just keep crossing those dogs off. Well done, Paige. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> no worries. Have a great day. You too. you too. Sam, Bromley Lynch is like the morning paper. It's got your personal column, it's got your news and it's got your quiz, Josh. This, this is Bromley Lynch. Lynch. Sam, before we begin the formalities of, of the Bromley Lynch podcast, we just want to ask the people at home who are listening right now to make sure they subscribe and leave a review. That, that's what we're after. It's minuscule. It's tiny. It's, it really, really is tiny, but it makes a massive difference to what we're doing here at Bromley Lynch. It's just a little moment out of your day, Josh. That's all, that's all we ask for, just, to, just two little clicks. That's all we want. Okay? It's just very easy. Now, Sam, what have you been up to? Now, I, I know last night you had a little corporate event. Now, yes. how was that? No, it was great fun. Uh, I had a, had a work conference, um, which was great fun. So we went out the north of the city. You know, just a lot of conversation, a lot of relationship building. Uh, it, it was good fun. It was great fun. Was this your first big corporate do? It, it was my first big corporate do. And I, I would be – I wouldn't say it's a, a full corporate experience. I mean, it, yeah, there's, there's some formalities involved. But well, it was great to get to know people on a personal level. Was there a buffet breakfast? Josh, that's the thing I remember most. <laughs> the buffet breakfast. I went for thirds. Well, I went for two seconds with the bacon and eggs. Yep. And then I went for some toast, some strawberry toast. You would uh, never, ever eat that amount of breakfast. But the drink, fact that it's a buffet, or, you or, go for it. Or drink that amount of juice that I had. It was, I reckon I drank a litre and a half <laughs> orange juice. Just OJ. <laughs> just OJ. Just pure. Just pure OJ. Pulp free? Pulp free. Now, Sam, what I want to ask is a couple of weeks ago, I stayed in a hotel. I'm guessing you stayed in a hotel. Before I, yes, yes. Yeah. Sir. I found it the other week ridiculous how tight the sheets are at a hotel. Yes. It took me half an hour to unwrap the sheets when I went when I went into this bed a couple of weeks. And it was an actual full-on exercise. No wonder, you know, people don't make their beds at hotels because there's no way they can keep it up to the standard that the housekeeping does. It's like they don't want you to get into the bed. <laughs> it's a test. It, it was, is a test. It was a genuine test the other week. I was pulling it everywhere. I felt like I was doing the matrix trying to get across each side of the bed. It was ridiculous. It is tough. They they really shove it right under the mattress, don't they? Oh, they like do. The, the sheets. Right and in the, there. Yeah. Yeah, they do, and and the dooners and whatnot. Sam, we're talking at the start, and the phone call was about childhood fears. Everyone's got one, and it generally sure. happens in your childhood. Getting dunked in a pool. Getting that dunked, was mine. We've spoken about that before. Yeah, but getting dunked in a pool. There's there's a number of them. Okay, so last week, and this is how I'm bringing this. I'm going to bring it back. But last week, I went to the dentist, mm. and a lot of people would associate dentists as a scary experience, especially as a kid, because. But let's be honest, no one like ever thought 
you know, when someone, a mate of yours at school said, I'm going to the dentist. No one ever said, oh, beauty, I wish I was going to the dentist. No one said that. Like if they said they were going away, it's like, yeah, I wish I was going away. When someone says to the dentist, it's like, I'm lucky I'm not going to the dentist. I don't want to go to the dentist. There's a reason for it. They're putting metal stuff in your mouth, things that shouldn't be in there, they're putting in there, okay? So I'm a bit apprehensive about going to the dentist. And Sam, we had braces, horrible experience. It was, but grateful for for being able to have braces because if we were on this and we hadn't had braces, I'd be eating the microphones. That's how bucked our teeth were. No, mine were worse. Mine were like a rabbit, a genuine (laughs) rabbit, okay? So mine were horrible. If you looked at – I actually can't – the shame I had around my teeth back in the day, horrible, especially when you grew up with a few other siblings that would give you absolute shit about it. I suppose the thing about the dentist is it is such an invasive sort of experience. They're great people, dentists. Oh, they are. My partner, Clara, works in dentistry and orthodontics. But it's so invasive, like – and you can only see, like, their glasses that yeah. are looking over you and now they're like suck just getting just get ready for suction and then like there's this vacuum that starts at the other side of the room you're like are, are you trying to swallow my face with this with this vacuum the thing is the two people so they've got the dentist and the dental assistant they're having a normal conversation what's going on for the weekend how are you going how are you? by the at that time your mouth is getting pulled from from cheek to cheek well and they've always got like the day, day, daytime television on. So yeah. there's the movie on that they got the, and then they'll, they'll, oh yeah, they'll just sort of ju- talk about the movie that's going on at the moment, just having a normal conversation. It's, it's a fascinating thing. And, and you think, hold on a second, hold on, this is punishment here. This is absolute punishment. But Sam, I was going, I went to the dentist, a bit apprehensive still. I'm 20, 28, and I was a bit, bit nervous about it. Nothing to be nervous about anymore, Sam. Why not? Obviously, dentists have changed. I walk in. Beautiful music, but there was some good stuff to read in the waiting room. It seemed like our dentist when we were back in the day, it always had the same like Dolly magazines. So, and they just never had it on rotation. But we had music, we had like nice things to read. Sam, they offered me green tea. Did they? Yeah. But then they had a, a batch of cookies then. I think that's a test. Before the Before dentist. Before they had a batch of cookies. Do you want anything to eat? I said, that's a test. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to pass this test. I'm not going to eat the cookies. Because you know how insecure you get. Before you go into the dentist, go and check the teeth, floss them like it's made up for two years of not flossing yeah. sort of thing. But that was a test. So I passed that test with flying colors. Had the herbal tea. Walked in. Dentist, dental assistant there, beautiful people. And we just started taking some photos of the teeth, which is not appealing one way, one bit. Absolutely not. But instead of the daytime shows, they had majestic sea creatures up on the roof. Did they? Yeah, it was beautiful. I love that. But And I actually said to them, this has been a great experience. This has been a really good experience. Do you reckon they hear that often? No. No, because people have usually got their mouth numb. They've lost their wisdom teeth. Yeah. They're real, and they're also pissed off because it costs a shitload. <laughs> yeah. So they're walking out in, like half injured yeah. uh, and having to pay for it as well. That's another thing. It was actually a pleasant experience. So, Sam, I was looking at the dentist phobia and it's called dentophobia. Yeah, okay? that makes sense. It's a fear of dentists and it's common phobia among people of all ages, but obviously happens as a child. But it got me thinking about childhood fears and what was a childhood fear for you. Like for me, there was an ad on TV there used to be a rat come out of the te- the, the toilet in the in the in the fucking um, ad. Yeah, I didn't sit on the toilet for a year and a half. I know. Literally, did I not, mate? Our whole toilet didn't get sat on for a year and a half. because like, I know I wasn't sitting on the toilet. It was every time you went down, you, you thought, "Is there a mouse going to jump out?" Honestly, is there a mouse going? I remember it got to the point, Josh, that Mum yep. 
rang up the company and said, you've got to take that ad down. My kids don't want to poo anymore on the toilet seat. <laughs> That's not that, even a joke. Not even a oh, joke. I remember making a call like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. My kid will not sit on the toilet. Yeah. This is crazy. Yeah. And I don't think I've seen the ad since. I haven't. So, Sam, it got me thinking about different fears we, we had as children, okay? So, I want you to give us a, a rating of these fears that are associated with children and the worst you ever felt with this fear. So, zero to ten, yep. okay? Ten being the worst. Worried you'll fall into the toilet as a kid? Yep. Eight. Now, as my ass has got bigger, <laughs> just a two. Fear of spiders and <laughs> still worry. Yeah. Fear of spiders or snakes? Uh, snakes an eight. Spiders used to be an eight. Now a two. Fear of the closet or dark cracks? Closet being open at night. It was about a nine. I would say I was a nine as well. Yep. It always had to be closed, yep. and I couldn't. I. Couldn't build up the courage to go and actually shut the closet. Who knows what was it going on in those yeah. closets? Fear of ghosts, poltergeists, or evil spirits. Oh, fuck, you're lying if you're not scared of those <laughs> things, aren't you? Like, see, poltergeists. <laughs> I, can't, I don't even know what that means. It's frightening. <laughs> it's I think ghosts, ghosts at some point yeah. were a 10 for me. Uh, fear of bad guys breaking in and killing you and kidnapping someone <laughs> in the house. Oh, that was an all-time oh, 10. Yeah. And fear, fear of asteroids hitting Earth. Zero planets. Are not, I didn't even know what an asteroid... I didn't know the sun was a, not a planet. So how do I know what an asteroid was? Sam, I've put it out in the socials today about getting some other people, so, so the listeners, the, the audience's ideas of what their childhood fears were. I'm going to read some out to you. This one by Nighty23. Balloons. Anytime I saw them at a birthday party, I was in the next postcode real quick. No, I'm not scared of those. That's irrational. Uh, that something bad would happen if I didn't touch wood. Interesting. That's 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 quite interesting. That's more of a superstition. You reckon? Yeah. People. Uh, someone's feared people vomiting on me in primary school. No, no that never really uh, crossed my mind in primary school. This is a, probably a common one. Probs the dark, start seeing stuff like in your cupboard. Yeah, uh, very common. I've never heard this one. Getting stuck in a water slide by chemist. Never had that fear. I was always quite slight. So uh, never never really had the the body or the frame to get stuck in a water slide. Now, this one is an incredible one. Jim Vanderclay, shark in the uni swimming pool. <laughs> now, this is far. This must be far more common than you think because I, I still remember, especially like going up to – I remember we went on a Cairns holiday yeah. and we were swimming in the pool opposite the ocean. And obviously you associate like Cairns, North Queensland with crocodiles. I used to think I literally would jump in the water, like in the pool, and jump out as quick as I could because I thought a crocodile would get in the filter system and swim under the beach and come and pop out into the pool. It was irrational. I think I might have had that fear as well. And you end up swimming like Ian Thorpe at times because you thought – and then someone else has said – Someone was scared of the deep and the shallow end of the pool. The deep and the shallow the end? The deep and shallow was there end. Because he thought crocodile at one end, shark up the other. So <laughs> he just said he just stayed in the middle of the pool the whole time. <laughs> in the middle of the pool. Yeah, just he, jumped into yeah, the Yeah, just pool. swam widthways. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's a great topic, Josh. Thanks for bringing that up. It's good to look back <laughs> at the fears. Sam. No, no worries. <laughs> I really appreciate it. It took 25 minutes, but um, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was good. Josh, you said we turned 28. Yep. recently so it was our birthday on last friday yep i had a good day but i didn't have a great day on my birthday and that is because i think i would like my birthday acknowledged a little bit more 
Okay. I know that sounds extremely selfish. That is. But I was having conversations with people and don't lie, like don't lie to yourself and say that you guys have never thought about this at home. I was having conversations with people on my birthday and I know that they're not expected to know my birthday, but it got to the point I was having like 15, 20 minute conversations with people and I hadn't dropped that it was my birthday. And I would have just loved to just maybe say something and just be like, oh, like uh, it's my birthday. Just so you get that happy birthday recognition. I mean, to be honest, Josh, we only get one yeah, a year. One out of three. There's, a, there's a one one time a year that everyone can say happy birthday. So I'm just trying to um, get a gauge of the social situation of when it's your birthday, when it's appropriate to maybe drop it into conversation. Is it after 10 minutes that you say, you know, you might be talking about your night that you're about to have. You're saying, oh, I'm actually going out for dinner for my birthday. I think. Are you allowed to say that? I think that's okay. That's acceptable. But I think if you're just saying, hey, how you going? Like first two minutes and you say, you bring up your birthday. I don't think that's socially acceptable for you me. You don't think it's socially No, no, no. I'd worked all day with some people that I know pretty well and I didn't let let on that it was my birthday. If, if they really want to find out that it's my birthday, they'll have me on Facebook, okay? And Facebook is the, the easiest way to know that someone has a birthday. Do you think the fact that we relied so much on Facebook, like notifying us it was our friends' birthdays, that we just forgot what their birthdays were? Not to say that we have to know what our friends' birthdays are, but we probably became so reliant on Facebook telling us that. And now Facebook is not used as much by especially yes. our generation. I did. Ha- I, I must admit, Sam, guilty as charged here. I did have a look on Facebook to see who wrote to Josh, me. you're not alone. Because I, <laughs> I needed that little bit of validation. Josh, I needed it. Uh, at about the two o'clock when I hadn't had many, too many birthday messages or communication about my birthday, I needed, I a, needed the charge. It's the same people every year. I dare you to go back and look at who are the people that are wishing you happy birthday on Facebook. I can near on guarantee 90% of them are the same as the year before. They They're are. still using that. It's a nice little birthday card sort of sort of set up. It is beautiful. It is beautiful. Now, Josh, it would be remiss of us, even though it was a few days ago, to not talk about the Chris Rock, Will Smith oh, yes. uh, incident at the Oscars. I had to watch it. I think it's my most watched video of the year. Easily. How many times? 25, 30 S- times. See, I'm in a different boat. Like, I'm like, I could only really watch it once or twice because I just felt it, found it very socially awkward. And you know how much we hate social awkwardness. Read the room, Josh. Yeah. You just got to read the room. And I'm, I'm just thinking about when... A joke, you know, has gone poorly. Now, I'm, I'm not going to make a judgment on or evaluate the joke that yeah. was said. Just in a like an, in a setting that we find ourselves in a lot. When has a joke gone poorly? You know, when a joke's gone poorly and hasn't hit right. Probably when Will Smith's walking up to you and punches. I think so. You in the I face. Think so. Now, I am. You know what the reception that your joke gets? Yeah. Okay. What do you do once that joke? You've you've said that joke and it hasn't hit. It's always an interesting one to know the social situation and, and the joke that you have. You do know, you do know, and then at the start of when you realise you don't really want to admit it, but then it takes time. You just have a few deep breaths and realise, okay, that one didn't hit. The ego gets you. Oh yeah, it the does. ego gets every you every time. Got some news for you. I bet you do. So Sam, X-ray machine. Okay, they're expensive. You break something, a bone, whatever it might be, that's an expensive trip to the hospital at times, especially if you don't maybe have private health insurance, whatever it might be. So, Sam, YouTuber Will Osman decided to build his own X-ray machine as Osman was stuck with a $69,000 hospital bill after he went into hospital for a couple of days and then there was price of obviously the stay but also some x-rays that were given. With his private insurance, he only had an excess of about two and a half grand. So he thought to himself, nah, I will be able to build an x-ray machine that works for under two and a half thousand dollars. Sam, he has done it. He has built an x-ray machine 
from a $400 power supply and a $155 x-ray vacuum tube. And that is it. That's it. That's it. And he is – obviously, I don't suggest or promote people building their own x-ray machine. I think that would be a very stupid thing to do. Yep. But he just wanted to prove a point. So, he's an engineer by trade but become a YouTuber. And so, there's a 17-minute video of how he does it and it is actually quite amazing how he does do it. And you can actually see a full x-ray of his hand. So, a do-it-yourself x-ray machine. DIY x-ray machine. So, an IKEA flat pack x-ray machine. Without the, is it Swiss? The Swiss. Without the Swiss instructions. Josh, fabulous news and well done to Will. <laughs> Josh, some news came across my computer the other day and canteen manager oh, yes. uh, of Edward Peak Middle School in the UK. Her name was Tina Clark and or is Tina Clark. And she rang up a radio, a morning radio show over there, BBC Two Radio. For those listening in the UK, Gordon Ramsay was getting interviewed at the time. Great interview. Now, unfortunately for the Edward Peak Middle School canine department that day, Tina was one out. (laughs) She was one out in the canine as the canine manager. A few had got been struck down with COVID and I believe another one was away. And she put out the call to arms, call to action for Gordon to come and cook at her canteen. No way. Can you believe that? Did he do it? Now, Gordon, being a, a good, uh, I presume a, a pretty good person and have a bit, of a bit of a laugh as well, said that he couldn't get there that day. But what he could do was send one of his, his chefs from one of his restaurants in London. So they sent a pretty high up chef to this middle school to help with the kids' lunches. The chef was put on the cheesy cauliflower duty. Really kind sort of, I suppose, act by Gordon, but also great fortitude to ask the question and put it out there in the universe from Tina. Just imagine if like one of the the snotty-nosed kids come back with his plate (laughs) of cheesy cauliflower and said, bit chewy. And like this guy's just cooked this in this Michelin star <laughs> restaurant the night before and he's got some kid telling him it's a bit overcooked. Mum does a better cheesy cauliflower. I'm more amazed the fact that a school canteen has cheesy cauliflower. Not I was even thinking the that the same. Thing. What is it? Well, How I did that? look up the school to see if it was like one of those high-end yeah. prestigious yeah. institutions over there in the UK. No, it didn't look overly great, yeah. um, but who am I to judge? Gone, gone are the days of the... Uh, I was a Josh. big, I was a big steam dim sim. Yeah. Get there early because the steam dim sims went out early at Barrett Grammar. So steam dim sims. If that was gone, corner piece of a barbecue meat lovers. Yeah, and only corner piece. Can you imagine um, Bev, our old canteen manager, <laughs> ringing up the local Power FM and asking for the <laughs> the chef of the Blue Bell Hotel to come down and cook some cook some palmers for us? Oh, see, I reckon I owed her seventy cents for two and a half years, and she'd always pick me up on it. Always. So tell your mother you owe me 70 cents. <laughs> yeah. She'd like bang her little hand on the table and like 70 cents, 70 yeah. cents. I said, come on, just give us a, give us a paddle pop. Yeah, I love it. And Josh, I've got one more thing yeah. if, you, if you oblige. A new perfume has been released by mm. a Idaho Potato Commission. Right? right. Yeah, a new, <laughs> a new perfume. By Idaho. Now, Josh, think about this. I'm going to give you this, this in your brain. You're driving and you've got your windows down and you go past KFC, Macca's, any fast food outlet and you have this aroma enter your car. What is that aroma usually? Chips, hot chips. Yeah, Yeah. hot chips. What if you could have that smell as a perfume? This is what the Idaho (laughs) Potato Commission has done. They've created like a French fry chip aroma for a a cologne. They sold it? Josh, the, the fragrance, uh, which the commission says captures one of the world's most irresistible scents, is made from distilled Idaho potatoes and essential oils. Oh. Josh, it's the commission cited a recent national survey by the firm 
poll fish that found nearly 90% of Americans find the smell of French fries irresistible. Yeah. Now, it got me thinking about the smells that I would love in a fragrance. Okay. So, for example, to give you guys one, I love the smell of a, a new can of tennis balls. Oh, yeah. So, I would love to, to have that in a cologne or a perfume, the new tennis ball smell. I like the smell of a the fresh laundry. Fresh laundry. Fresh laundry done. Yeah, I, I really like the smell of when it's been in the dryer and it's got a nice distinct smell about it. What if you're walking down the street and someone just smelt like a fresh loaf of baked bread? Oh, see, that, that would be, be delicious, <laughs> wouldn't be, it? You just want to eat it. Yeah, that'd be good. See, it's funny you say that because the other day I took the nephew and niece yeah. through the drive-thru of McDonald's and I did think to myself, the senses went up, seeing that smell, it was ridiculous how good, good a smell it was. And I accidentally stole a few chips accidentally. off Little Spencer and Poppy. Josh, what about if someone was walking behind you and you started following them? Not that that makes any sense because they're <laughs> walking behind you. <laughs> yeah. But you could just smell on them the dampness of rain on asphalt. Oh, yeah. Imagine yeah. that. How about Sniff it up, baby. You can get this smell a lot, but if someone walked past you and smelt like freshly brewed coffee. What about grass clippings oh. at the start of spring of freshly mowed grass? That would be del- delightful. What about the smell of a pie shop <laughs> in an early Saturday morning bake-off? <laughs> what about, you. Josh, the smell of eucalyptus? Mm. That would be nice. Mm. Breathe yeah. it in, folks at home. Breathe it in. I'm gonna. Oh, this this might be this might be contentious, but I've never been a fan of the eucalyptus smell. You can I think it's a it. bit much. I think it's a bit much. I don't know what the koalas are raving about. I don't know what they've been doing. They're boring. Koalas are boring. They're Josh, they're, sorry. I know they're our national animal, but find something else that's better. Eucalyptus, no good. Now, Josh. Josh, you can take that up with the Australian people. <laughs> Guys, please let us know, one, how creepy that segment was for a little bit. <laughs> and two, the smells that you would love in yeah, a cologne or sm- a perfume. The smell that you would love, yeah, that, yeah. Was, that would be a good one. And we'll see what we can do about manufacturing <laughs> the said smell. <laughs> Shall we do it? Yeah, it's the quiz time. It's good to have our friend SD card back, uh, Sammy Dalton. Well done. So he remembers who we are, yes. which is great. He looks good. Now, Josh, we're doing a, a little bit of a, well, we're obviously doing the quiz, but we've got an Ash Barty flavour. Now, Josh, yes. can you please tell the listeners? Sam, Liam Fitzpatrick messaged me. Uh, he's obviously a listener. So he has said to us that last week we mentioned both Ash Barty. This was pre, and we, we recorded pre-retirement, probably an hour and a half before a retirement speech. And then we also mentioned Will Smith. Okay, so and we said that he'd be a good bloke. So what he has come up with, Liam Fitzpatrick, thank you for listening and sharing, that we are like Bromley Jinx, <laughs> not Bromley, Bromley Lynch. They're Bromley Jinx twins. <laughs> yeah, the Bromley Jinx. So we've got to be careful about who we mention here this week. Because something big's probably going to happen to that person. Absolutely. So, for example, I don't think we'll ever win a million dollars in the lotto. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Josh, and you know what? I'm going to take it off your hands. Okay, because oh, it's a, a team. Bit. We'll yeah. alternate. We'll alternate because I feel like you have been the quiz master reader the last few weeks, and, and I'm going to help you out. And when you do a quiz at home, sometimes there is that person that is always the quiz reader. Maybe sometimes they don't want to be the quiz reader. Exactly. It's like it's like the koalas. Don't pigeonhole yourself. No, okay, don't. get out there. Yeah. Okay, be an answerer. Okay, answer the questions. 
Uh, Josh, questions. question one. Yep. Affairs that are current, by yep. the way. Buddy Franklin kicked his 1,000th goal on the weekend. Mm. Name four of the five other players to have kicked at least 1,000 goals in the VFL, AFL. I think there is Dunstall, Coventry, Lockett. And Doug Wade. Jack Titus. I don't know if Jack Titus. Jack Titus and Doug Wade. I don't think Jack Titus is one. I don't think I've ever heard Jack Titus in mentioned in that. So Coventry, Lockett, Ablett, Dunstall, and... Those. We only need four. Okay. Yes, correct. Tony Lockett, Gordon Coventry, Jason Dunstall, and Doug Wade. Beautiful. Gary Abbott Senior has also done it. What an epic broadcast that, that was. was. That was great. That was those sporting moments that not even sporting lovers seem to enjoy. Oh, has Because to be. we, we had um, a few people over watching as well who aren't avid football fans but yeah. it was like the big countdown was like buddy's kick two his kick three, three. and like everyone just stopped and watched it was I, unbelievable i realized on the weekend he is a good looking man he's a very he's good a looking very man. good looking man he, sam one of one question two ash barty announced her shock retirement last week what grand slams has she won in her career the freshest one yeah. was the australian open yep. of 2022 Yep. She also won at the All England Club, so Wimbledon. Wimbledon. Yep. And she has won the French Open as well. So French Open, Wimbledon and Australian Open. Good start here. Two can you, two. just quickly, yep. can you believe that Ash Barty is only 25? It's incredible. It's one of those ones where you, you, your jaw touches the ground when you actually hear her age read out. She's so much more mature than me. She is. And I'm 28. No, she is. Yep. <laughs> Question three, we are two of two. How old was Ash when she made her Grand Slam debut at the Australian Open? I'm going to go with late teens. Well, tennis is one of those sports where it seems like they debut early some players, don't they? Like you hear of like 16-year-olds going pretty far in tournaments. Especially at their home Grand Slam. I reckon she was 17. I reckon she was 17. Can we go different answers? No. Okay. We can't go. I would say 16, but we'll go 17. 15. Damn, we're both from, that's incredible. That is incredible. That's only 10 years ago. That is unbelievable. She was 15 playing in that. I used to have to, when I was 15, mum used to have to walk me around Melbourne Park and she was playing in it. That's inc- unbelievable. Yeah. And we used to try and nick all the tennis balls. We did. Yeah. We did. In her Australian Open debut, she lost her first round match to Anna Tadishville. Tadishvili. Well pronounced. Two of three. You go. Question four. This is not the first time Ash has taken a break from tennis. In 2015, she joined the inaugural Women's Big Bash League. Who did she play for? She is a Brisbane girl, a Queensland girl. So I'm going to say the Brisbane, is it Thunder? Brisbane Heat. Brisbane Heat, sorry. Brisbane Brisbane Heat. Heat. Brisbane Heat is correct. Barty made her debut and hit 39 off 27. Of course she did, with 1-6 in a match against the Melbourne Stars. She's great. Uh, She returned to tennis the year after. I can sense, I do sense that it wouldn't be surprising if Ash rocks up in a team sport somewhere. Because yeah. oh, she's yeah. just such, she seems an unselfish person and just wants to be involved in good team hang. sport. Good hang. She'd be a good hang, Ash. I think she's a really would. good hang. Three of four. Question five. Sticking with tennis, which Cypriot tennis star made the finals at the 2006 Australian Open? Guilty here. I replicate my first serve, not warm up to his, putting the ball through the leg like a real toss bag. Yeah. 
It's Marcos Baghdadis. It's Marcos Baghdadis. Yeah. And didn't, didn't they create a, a great atmosphere? They did. At the, the, at the, the Elim. At yes, the, the Cypriot tennis. fans did. Baghdadis entered the tournament that year as an unseeded player. T- tends to happen a lot in the Australian Open. There's always like an unseeded player that goes pretty deep. And he went on to play Roger Federer in the final and Federer defeated him in four sets. So still took a... Took a set off the great man at his peak. Question six, four or five. We're going pretty well. What are the five colors of the Olympic rings? Red, blue, green, yellow, black. I'm going to go that. That's a good one. It seemed seemed pretty fluent. Red, green, black, yellow, blue. Yep. All right, we got it. Some of us call this at the moment taking the piss. We are taking the PI double five here. The five colours combined with the white background represent the colours of the flags of all the nations at the time of creation in 1913. History, geography, science. This is where it can get a bit tricky for you and I. Five of six. Which country has borders with every South American country except Ecuador and Chile? So I'm thinking Brazil. Brazil. Chile is on the I'm just looking at my west Google. southern western coast yeah. of South America, I believe. Yeah. I'm thinking Argentina. Let's let's, let's let's just go with our gut instinct. Yep. Sometimes you just gotta do this in quizzes. Yeah. Josh, I reckon it's Argentina. Argentina. Brazil. It was Brazil. Brazil has borders with ten countries, every country in South America, with exception of Chile and Ecuador. That's a big border. Lots of passports. Yeah, a lot of a lot of passports. <laughs> Question eight, five of seven. What was Chappelle Corby's bag designed to hold rather than drugs? This is funny because we were having a staff room chat last week about Chappelle. Yeah. And if she had a autobiography, which I'm sure she does, and she did the narration on it, I reckon that'd be really interesting. It would be it would be funny. <laughs> it wouldn't be like listening to Matthew McConaughey's Green Lights, would it? No. It would be like listening to Chappelle <laughs> from wherever Chappelle is from. <laughs> so I think Chappelle was a big water sports enthusiast as a youngster. Yeah. So I think that Chappelle was taking a boogie board to Bali. Yeah. I think you're right. It's a boogie board. And that didn't go well for her. No. Forgot the board, (laughs) I think. (laughs) Question nine. My turn. Yeah. Dolly was the first ever living creature to be cloned. What type of animal was she? See, there should be more cloning. Yeah. That'd be cool. Like us. Yeah. Like us. I would like to see cloning more often. Josh, I think it's, they always seem to do testing with monkeys. Ah. So I'm thinking maybe a monkey or, actually, that's probably wrong. No, I reckon they do a lot of rats. Rats and mice. The rodents. Rats and mice. Just after they've come out of the bottom of the toilet. Yeah, that one. Let's go, let's go a rat. Why would you want to clone a rat? Uh, Sheep. So Dolly was a female Finnish Dorset sheep and the first mammal clone from an adult somatic cell. I don't know what that means. Dolly cloned from breast cells was famously named after Dolly Parton, the American singer known for being a great singer. (laughs) Question 10. So this is a bonus question, which we still don't know if we get multiple points for, but I don't think we do. So SD card's still taking the piss a little bit. We are, I think we're six of nine. Okay. We're six of nine. This would be be lifting our average up a bit. What is the proper four letter term for the chess piece that looks like a castle? Josh, you're the teacher. I know. I didn't teach. The kids, teach you chess. know, like as primary school kids, yeah, we would like sometimes if it was like free time, you would be going to play chess. What do the kids do now? They Students. just play chess, but on an iPad, right? Okay, <laughs> generally <laughs> makes sense. Um, 
I know this. I played a bit of chess last year throughout lockdown. Not enough to know this. Not a pawn. Nah. That's not a bishop, obviously. Not a queen, not a king. Not a knight. Not a knight. <sighs> no, really I don't annoying. know. It's really annoying. That's really I'll annoying. know it as soon as I say it. Yeah, the rook. I knew it. Formerly, Listen. the rook was alternatively called... The Tower, Marquez, Marquez, Rector, and Cums. The term castle is considered to be informal, incorrect, or old-fashioned. Yeah, but people that say that, like, it's obviously... Everyone knows it as castle. So everyone just knows it. It shouldn't be called Rook. That's wrong. No, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Josh. Plans six to ten. Six to ten. Great, great result. See, That's what we're after. Bit devo, actually, about Taylor Hawkins. I saw... I was, I was actually feeling it was quite... An emotional experience because I only saw him live like two or three weeks ago for the Foo Fighters. And that those that don't know, Taylor Hawkins is a drummer. drummer of the Foo Fighters and has been for since their creation. And anyone that's asked me how the concert was, I'd say it was unbelievable. It was so good. The main thing I took out of it was how good he was. I'm not even just saying that because he's unfortunately died, but I was saying that before this news came out. He was just unbelievable at that concert, like rocking out. He just had this great vibe, great energy. And it's just, it was a shattering moment when I found that one out it is weird how sometimes celebrity deaths affect us even though we don't know the person Sam we're playing footy again we're playing for a new club yes. four and a half hours away from Torquay they're called the uh, Southern Mallee Giants used to be Ho- Hoped and Beulah which is up past Horsham yes and they've, no, they, 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 were, they were separate now yeah. they're together now they're together yeah. okay so and voluntarily I think they are which is good so up there it was great it was fun. It was hot, but I'm looking forward to the year ahead with them. Can't wait. It was gasping for air at times <laughs> in the game because it was 35 degrees at one point, I think. Some things never change. No. Every time I screw up a kick, there's only one bloke on the team that yells at me, and it's my brother Sam. It is. But I'll take that. <laughs> Honestly, it, it is. is. But, Sam, do you know one thing I did realise up there? World's firmest handshake. Yep. You know, lots of signs say, you know, world's best pie, <laughs> yeah. uh, world's, uh, world's longest road. Yeah. Well, world's biggest tree. World, world's biggest tree. This is world's firmest handshakes. Yeah. Okay. That is what the signs should say. Because do you know what? They actually felt like they were going to break my hand at some stage. No, it did. It did. I, I had to ice my hand afterwards <laughs> on the Sunday on the way back. I, I couldn't. I couldn't use my hand. It was unbelievable. I'm going to have to say no at some point because the, how much pain I was under. You know what would have been great up those when COVID was a bit weird and you just had to oh, fist bump. Sam, yeah. I can near on guarantee those people still handshake. <laughs> yeah, when, no, when yeah, it was COVID. Yeah, 100. <laughs> Josh. Until next week. Sam, I love you. I love you too. I love you too.